This episode of Hop Heroes is brought to you by Magic Mind. Hey, Zach, tell me about your morning routine. Well, Jordan, let me tell you. I, I wake up, I do 50 push-ups, I squat 300 pounds, and then I have a spot of tea. Don't believe any of that. JR. You know, I'm, I get up at 4 in the morning, and I work that out. I sweat out as much as I can, and I have a piece of toast, and that's it. So both of you work out vigorously in the mornings, and you both look like this. <laughs> Jordan, I'm not sure if this. About. I think my sweatshirt is actually uh, hiding what I really look like. If I, I just, if I got more naked, maybe you'd see. <laughs> All right, let's move past that. So, what I'm proposing to you guys is you guys give your lifestyle a bit of a kick. It's called Magic Mind, brewed mm. by Stephen Strange himself in the depths of the Sanctum Sanctorum. <laughs> this is a magical substitute for your regular daily caffeine boost, and it's not actually by Stephen Strange, but that adds to our comic feel it's actually from a silicon valley known creator and he has brought the world's first productivity shot to the main stage so curious what you guys think take a swig Ooh, ooh, yeah it's good no it's really good isn't that good yeah, yeah. like it doesn't hurt at all to go down yeah, yeah it doesn't hurt <laughs> it doesn't hurt me there's no sharp <laughs> objects no in the shots so seems safe Contains 13 active ingredients, scientifically designed to improve energy, focus, and mood while decreasing stress. All things that combined improve your productivity. So it's basically supposed to get away from that anxiety, caffeine, jittery feel, and just give you that natural calming boost. And I've been doing it for three days now, and it's supposed to take you know about 72 hours to kick in fully, where you feel the effects of everything inside of it. And I will say, it's a lot more calming energy than I've ever experienced from coffee. Cool. I love it. So get yours today. Go to www.magicmind.com slash hopheroes and put in our code HOPH2O and get 20% off your next subscription. It's as easy as that. Go to www.magicmind.com slash hopheroes and put in our code HOPH2O and get ready for your life to change. Welcome to uh, Hop Heroes Podcast where we talk about nerd culture uh, Jordan and Zach's beard a lot, and where we uh, enjoy the comic book life and alcohol. This week on Hop Heroes, you know, I stopped drinking, so like it's just. Did you really? Yeah, it's just. Uh, oh, really? Just <laughs> it changes. It changes <laughs> how you see the world. You know, perks of this was going to be that I could exert dad tax on everybody in the house. So like, everybody that's eating food, like I just get some of their food from their plate. Like that's a thing. Harry Potter, if it was written by Kanye West, that's and that's my that's first. That's our episode. My, that's my it, first note. That's our segment. <laughs> Here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hop Heroes, the show where we talk about our favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. I'm your host Jordan Arith, and with me, as always, is talented artist and comic enthusiast J.R. Gonzalez. Hey Jay, how you been? I mean, good, man. You know, same old, same old. That's good. Same old, same old. Not a whole lot's changed yeah, over here old, in, the really? old, in the old Jay's life. It's all just, yeah. just the same old stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, man? Yeah. Uh, it's been good. Uh, pretty busy life. Uh, I was texting yesterday, and I think I met the guy that might have your dream job. So I was like, I got to tell Jordan about this dude and his dream job. At it. Oh, the guy that... Uh, Dale's dancer? Yeah. Just the thong, the thong king over there mm, the thong king um, it's like liver king but better i like that yeah. <laughs> but Just he worked at a glutes. legion brewery yeah and he, he said that every day he goes to work they have to try all the new beer that is being made and being processed poor bastard and um, that's cr- so rad that's, 
right? Every morning. And said he said Every that, morning? Uh, <laughs> so just working all day with a little buzz? Every morning. He says he drinks a lot of beer. Um, but uh, the cool thing is you get a cup for being a team member. And you go. You can show up at any Elysian Brewery restaurant. And they'll give you a, a free beer uh, in your cup, in your mug. Um, it's also how they beer. how they get paid. They just get paid in cups. One beer. They get paid in cup. Yeah, yeah. Do they get one free beer, or they get beer. like unlimited free beer in that cup? No, you fill one free beer, and then when you hit uh, a a year, they give you a token. So then you can buy, uh, you can get more beer, and then when you hit five years, you get like a um, like another a five year token, which gives you more beers, and then they, you you're allowed to take a case home once a month. I would imagine there's not a lot of turnover. I, I uh, no, he said this is his dream job. <laughs> I think the first the so first like, part of it kind of sucks, and and let me explain. Yeah, but there's incentive to stay. Like For their sure. system is yeah. good. The, the they tokens, have a good system. The tokens yeah. make sense, yeah. but I'm not they bringing have like a, a an mug. experience like a level up system. Exactly. For you. So like yeah. you can you increase can, your dexterity. You can that's why. Your that's why I feel like a lot of people probably like I would imagine there's probably a lot of people that have been like I've been here for like. 20 years never leaving 30 beers 20 year mark they give you it's so it's so funny you said the 20 year mark the 20 year mark they literally get all the token stuff you get all the beer stuff but then you they give you a six six week paid vacation to anywhere in the world jesus yeah that's airlines hotels anywhere six how many weeks? weeks nuts six six if you want to take six weeks yeah so are they accepting applications or I, I, guess. I'm, I love I how I feel like this podcast marketing. should be working for Elysian. I love how they twisted uh, like AA on its head. Like AA, you get a five-year chip <laughs> and you get a 10-year chip. <laughs> and here it's like you get a five-year chip for drinking more beer. They probably would hate that program. That's that fantastic. <laughs> but the first year would be experience tough. system too. Because I, I would not yeah. bring a mug out to the bar, like carry it around for one free beer. I feel like it's not worth it at that point. But five? It's Sign probably like a badge of honor. Yeah, or like you a, walk yeah, around like, at a bar and you're just like, yeah, dude. The guy that I mean, does that. It's only that, my one year, but I do work for Elysian. The guy that does that yeah. needs needs more friends, I think, or he just is like well, talking he, to everybody at the bar. And then, yeah, you see this cup. It's not like anybody would even ask though. Whoa, no, he would have cool to. Mug. He would have to that? inform them of what he's yeah. doing. Yeah. He's like walking table. Them. Abel, have you seen my bug? I'll take have my free my beer bug? now because I'm an employee. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> I'm in the mug club at a bar in Pullman. And they have the, the, the storage in the back and they keep yeah. your mug there. So you walk up, you give them your, your mug number. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Number. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute, Jordan. Do you pay a subscription or something to have <laughs> your mug stored at a bar? It's only Pullman? $200 you don't a even month. live in Pullman, by the way. $200, $200 a month. It's a low, low fee. $200 compounds a month. Interest over your, no, it's a one-time payment. It's like 200 bucks when you're in college and then you have to take a test and they test you on like your knowledge of the bartenders to make sure that Are you're you actually serious? like a local there. So me and my buddy would go there every pretty much to taco Tuesday, wing Wednesday, and then it's Thursday. So we're going to the bar and then it's the weekend. <laughs> and, then it's, and then it's Thursday. So, so you gotta go. it was something that we did while we were there and they put your name on it engraved and then your number and you just say your number and then you get a mug and it's not that you get a free beer. It's that you get whatever you want in that mug and they hook it up. So like I got, I, I was a whiskey sour guy in college. So I get a whiskey sour and they would just fill a mug with whiskey and then like spray some sour at top. And it, mm, it would ruin, wow. ruin my night in the best way. And that's been there since. Well, it, here's the thing, though, because when I was in college still, while I was still attending, they broke my glass. 
And I was so Ooh. like, what what happens now? Because you had too many whiskey sour. They're like, this is a fucking they dropped it. Like, we they need to get rid it. of this we're, mug. We're losing Normally thousands this is of dollars. For beer. This guy's filled it with whiskey. Like, fuck. <laughs> they dropped it in the back and broke it. And they're like, oh, we'll order you a replacement. And it's been, what, 12 years since we graduated college or whatever. And they don't, they never order a replacement. And so they don't believe me wow. I'm in the mug club. And so I have, fortunately, like my first or second picture on Instagram is a picture of my mug. And so I always pull that up and have my name that to them? and the number on it. And then they give me like a temporary glass. I have to do it every fucking time. It's why don't they just get you another mug? Cause that's crazy. I'm not important enough, I guess. Wow. Even though what I hate the test, but yeah. So Zach, our third host, Zach Barlow. What's up, man? How you doing? What up dog? Good. How are you? I am good. Um, I'm, You're a new parent, dude. I know. What I've, the hell? I've joined the We got to talk about this. This is like the like we've texted a little bit, but I feel like I haven't actually talked to you since your daughter was born. Well, like that's, that's this is true. a huge, huge life transition that you're in right now. How old is she? Like three weeks? Yeah, she turned three a weeks month? on uh, Wednesday last this past Wednesday, so she's just a little over three weeks. So you're in the you're in the thick of it. You're in that brand new baby. I'm actually shocked that we're even recording this episode right now like the dedication to this you probably slept like two hours last night thanks man yeah I how's just, it going i just got done breastfeeding and it's been going yeah fantastic <laughs> uh no it's it's a you know, they always say it's a feeling you can't describe until it happens to you and it's yeah. very mm-hmm. true um we didn't know what the gender was going to be we were waiting and then i had deep deep down i knew it was a girl because i'm just born to have girls i'm a father dad i'm a girl dad like through girl dad hashtag girl dad it's just, uh, you know, my calm demeanor, my my ability to be well-spoken and, and kind in my words, you know. I'm You're tall. soft. I'm tall with a beard, so I'm intimidating <laughs> to young men out there. I already got a shotgun. So I, I, you already have a shotgun. But it does change you, man. Like, I, I'm a completely different person, you guys. Since our last episode, I've mm, completely yeah. 180 I, I'm no longer, you know, seeing things through such a critical lens. Like, I'm going to just have nothing wrong to say about any of these topics we're talking not about so, today. Not so cynical. It's going to be not all so positive. Wow. You know, I work out right. You see that, that treadmill in the back. I actually, I'm I, not, I'm not allowed to be on that. I'm my, I'm over the I was say, That's last time you said you're too heavy for uh, that. Yeah. Um, you know, I stopped drinking. <laughs> so like, it's just, did you really? Yeah. It's just, uh, oh. it really just <laughs> changes, it changes <laughs> how you see the world, you know? So, I was like, "Whoa, dude! This is this is an announcement." Uh, no, how would this podcast work if Daddy didn't drink? You know, and I, and now when I call myself Daddy, it's not as ironic because Zach's always We're called greedy. me Daddy, but yeah. now there's another no, girl but in my life calling me Daddy. It's 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 still awful though. No, how's how's Melissa doing, and and how is Amy sleeping? Are you guys sleeping through the night, or she? No. she doesn't i do for the most part like i'll wake up when the baby cries but melissa takes care of it um so we're getting yeah. we're getting our routine under she's still trying to figure out how to yeah sleep during the day and everything when the baby's sleeping and that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. but that's, it's going really well that's like the important so are, yeah. are you guys not doing formula uh we supplement with like when i because the breast because like you can't really do anything until until formula is like a, a, an option well I, outside of that it's like what can you do as the dad? You basically have to like, I've beaten super Mario RPG on Nintendo switch. I've beaten super Mario wonder. <laughs> I'm all, I've almost there. beaten death's door. Um, I, I'm doing more. I'm more productive now than I've ever been. Are you on, you're on Pat Lieb, Yeah. Uh, I've, so I, I get like two weeks through the company and then like three months to the state. I'm only doing really the two weeks. Um, 
uh-huh. but, but I'm breaking it up. So like I've used like eight of the days so far this month and I, I just give myself like long weekends or I take a couple of days off when my parents, my parents were just in town, her parents yeah. came in town. So I just like kind of break it up. So I still got a couple of days left nice. of nice. that, but yeah, paternity leave kicks ass. Cause yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, dude. I, I can't really do a whole lot, but just like support yeah. I cook. So I'm doing yeah. that, but do what you can, you find ways, but I, yeah, you know, ultimately you're, you're not really the star of the show. When, no. when Louie was, uh, when we first brought Louie home, I, I beat cyberpunk 2020, 2077. <laughs> it's, I was it's like, this is great. Yeah. This, this is, is amazing. It's fantastic. You've got so much time. I've watched so. the entire series of, uh, the marvelous miss Maisel. You know, I've, I, I've, really, I've no, watched yeah. true detective again. Uh, so there's just good yeah. things happening all around, but, uh, yeah, dude, no, it's like, awesome. I look back at this phase that you're in right now with like such fond memory, like the nesting phase or whatever. Yeah. I just loved it. I was like, dude, this is like the best thing ever. And Alicia was like, it was hell. It was <laughs> terrible. And I'm like, yo, I, I loved it. Like, let's do that more often. So yeah, yeah, yeah completely. That's what about, cool. uh, what about That's you, man? Awesome, man? What's going on in your life? Your neck of the woods. Uh, nothing much, man. I, um, you know, still out here being dad, working. Nothing too exciting, really. Luther is saying a lot more words. Um, what, he's like, what was his first full toddler? Dada. Oh, that's 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 yeah, a win. Dude. That's a win for the yeah, fathers. Dude. He's he's my guy. He's my guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's been we we're getting ready to go to Disneyland in a couple of weeks, and it'll be my first time going and his first time. Oh um, shit! You've never been. So, yeah, I've never been. Um, and so we're like introducing him to like Disney because we want him to be excited about seeing you know Disney characters at Disneyland, and that's been pretty fun because we've never really like shown him TV at all, and kind of try to stay away from that for for the most part for most of his life. But now we're kind of like opening it up to him. Yeah, and he's like super into it. Like he'll watch a movie, like and he'll just like sit with me, and we'll watch Frozen. Like he like loves Frozen. It's he's obsessed well, he with it. And and if I put a different movie on, he'll literally try to change the channel back to Frozen. Like he'll be like, no, nah, dude, we're not. What are we doing? We're running Frozen. it back. We're running yeah. it back. So well, it's, uh, it's fun though. It's just like a new phase, you know, like which has been cool. Like the starting to watch movies with him is like really important to me specifically, obviously, because I love film and I love watching movies. And I just know that's gonna be I hope at least it's gonna be a big part of our relationship to be able to like you know, watch stuff together and nerd out. So yeah. I see this as like kind of the beginning of that. And, and it's been pretty red. Yeah. He doesn't have a chance. He's going to be a movie guy. So yeah, um, he doesn't have a shot. He's got to be have a choice. Uh, it's like clockwork orange where you just bolt into a chair and do mm-hmm. the eyelids open. So my yeah. first experience in Disney was this past spring. So I had never been and we wanted to go oh, before we recently. had a kid. Um, yeah. And I highly recommend getting the, the jumping pass, whatever they call it, so you can go to California Adventure or Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. California oh, yeah, Adventure yeah. has the br- the bars in Disneyland. I was just going to ask, like, I'm, like, really interested. Is the food, like, whack or is it good? I barely in ate the there, to be honest. Because really? like, there's just, um, there's the, I think it's called the Genie app. You want to yeah. have that because that tells you how long the waits are at every ride. And you can, like, clock mm. in yourself in the waiting list before you get there and stuff. So you don't have to like wait as long, mm. get the, get the, uh, the express pass. Cause then you can skip the lines. Cause that, that is a game changer. Oh, yeah. I have heard about that. Heard that's big. Yeah. And then, uh, there Are is you at the resort or like a hotel off the side or something. Yeah. Uh, I think we're in an Airbnb. We're in like a big ass house. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go to the star Wars land and go to the, um, uh, I, I, I took a picture there. I can't remember what the bar is. The cantina is called. But there's like a cantina in Star Wars Land that serves. Alcohol. Yeah, it's the one where Han Solo pulls the pistol under the table. Is that the cantina yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, 
Yeah, I got, that's like a must. Like, yeah. that's a must hit. And it, I, I only had to yeah. wait like 20 minutes to get in there. And then you can get, I think you can be in there for 45 minutes or something. You can get food and drink. Get a drink. Like, yeah. just like take on the ambiance and they move have, on. They yeah, have badass sure. cocktails and stuff. So um, that was my favorite part was Star Wars Land for sure. And that, that world just engulfs you when you walk in there. It's it's incredible. Wow. So you're going to love nice, it. And then the, that's the yeah. best ride too. When you're in like, it's like a live action role play ride and you ride in the rides and you have to like walk, yeah, follow dude. the stormtroopers to jail and shit. It's, it's something. hell yeah. Rise of the yeah, Empire. Yeah, I'm stoked. Something like that. I'm stoked. It's going to be fun. But anywho, it's good to see you guys. Um, good to see you too, yeah. man. So this episode, we have a few topics on tap. We are going to be chatting seven to eternity, a uh, comic by Rick Remender. We're going to talk the new Netflix or sorry, Disney uh, Disney Plus show Echo, and then we're going to close it out with the Magic Order by Mark Miller. So uh, it was, look at us reading books. Yeah, it was. We've we had some still requests read. recently of, of of our listeners like, man, what, you guys read anymore? Or are you just watching stuff? Despite we're all new parents, you, you know, we do what we can. But yes, it was we, nice. We, this month we read some books. It was nice to like you know realize I could still read. So that that was fun. Um, but before we go <laughs> on those topics, let's go into our beverage breakdown. So, as you guys know, I'm clever as hell, and I always find a way to pair a beer with what we're talking about. And I don't know if you guys remember, uh, it was a big part of the Echo series, but when you're when they're in those skating rink, do you remember that, that chair that was red? No. I do remember the skating rink. I don't know if I remember what a about chair like the, in the, the skating rink. That fight sequence. At our, at our house, <laughs> and there was a red chair there, too. Do you guys remember these chairs that were red? Nope. Okay. Well, I was just fucking you because I don't have anything that goes with this episode, but I got Red Chair, uh, oh. Northwest Pale. <laughs> you wanted from, me to be like, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> there was that chair, dude. It was like imperative to the storyline. Um, <laughs> no, I just saw that this limited release, uh, it's a Northwest Pale, which is, you know, it's something I don't think I've ever had. And it, it's from Deschutes uh, in Central Oregon, and we've done Deschutes beer before. But uh, I'm a big pale head, so Northwest Pale had to give it a shot. And it's limited release. It's only available January through March. So I wanted to try her out, and it is a delicious beer. Um, so it's 6.2% ABV. Uh, it's got Cascade and Centennial hops, um, and then Pale Crystal Munich, Carapolis, and Pilsner malts. And the little bio says, the citrus punch of the big IPA minus the one-dimensional hop sledgehammer. Select specialty malts around the edges for a complex copper-colored brew. And... I had a couple last night, so this isn't my first time trying it, but it's got a beautiful color. It's got that copper that they're talking about, and it is just like they said. It's like a pale ale without that sledgehammer of just, you know, bitterness up front. It's got mm-hmm. a citrus, piney kick to it. It's considered a winter beer. It's got, like, the snow skis and everything on the cover, but you can definitely drink this anytime. Obviously, you can only drink it this time of year. But um, if you like pale ales, I highly recommend this because it is freaking delicious, Zach. I think you'd be a big fan. This is this is what's sad about you now in Spokane is that we're not drinking together. You don't just bring me beer. <laughs> I know <laughs> that is sad oh, for you. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Sucks. So, well, maybe I can give you a heads up on my next beer, and then you can try. And yeah, we can get the same thing. Yeah. So, or you can bring your own beer. You know, we can talk two different beers on the episode. You know, spice it up a little bit. Okay. Let's go into Seven to Eternity. So, Jr., you chose this story for this episode. What made you pick this uh, 
this one for us. It's it's actually really it's it came out a long time ago. I read it, you know, maybe like four years ago or something like that. But it's um it's a pretty epic story, and I know we were talking about things to read, and it's actually been on my list to throw on the pod when we were actually reading more books at that time. And of course, it's Rick Remender, and the artist is um such a he's uh he kind of it's Jerome Opina. He's kind of got this amazing like pen work and like pencil work and pen work, so it fits the this like fantasy story really well. And uh, I I read probably you know it goes up. They just finished it not too long ago, but it um I need to finish the whole thing. But yeah, I just. It's such a great story, and and you read sometimes fantasy. You have to be like, it can be rough to read in comics. You know, there's a lot going on, but for whatever reason, this one, you just fly through it for me. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to talk about it. And there's different characters, different names. Everything's brand new in here. There's nothing recognizable. You know, so it's a great, great story. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and um, just so the listeners know, what are some of like Rick Remender's most famous work? Because he's obviously one of the most popular. Yeah, low. He's got you know Looking they made probably some, my favorite series ever. That was great. We did. Uh, Fear Agent is really good. Black Science is really good. Um, they made some TV shows. Um, I have to think about the names of those because I didn't read those. But they you know, they have made some TV shows of his work. But if you're looking for independent, completely off the superhero grid type of books rick remenders like number one and then i think mark miller's like number two in my book when it comes to that stuff and we got both of them on this app so and we got both of them on there yeah i've got so many rick remender books i mean it's it's ridiculous like probably look take a look back there and you know he's you know he's a he's a goat yeah Yeah, he's a goat and his his words media a lot too so his words jump off the page right right from the get-go in this. I mean, when you're reading Rick Remender, you know it, and he's just got a way of delivery, and his, his poetic uh, dialogue say, he's like a poet. is yeah. just, it's it's incredible. It, his it gives monologues me, uh, are great, yeah. He, he also puts a lot of, like, it's a comic book, but he'll just be like, fuck it, here's two pages of text. Like, yeah, you, you're just going to have to, You're. it's like, you're going to read this because I'm Rick Remender, and I do what I want. And I'm just like, bro, what a flex. Like, you could just put these on a pamphlet and just be like, all right, now you're just going to read the story, but it's like you're reading, you know, Watchmen. Like it's just the way that he puts together a story and the characters talk to each other and communicate. It's just, it's beautiful. And it's something that I have missed and it's refreshing to get back into that. So, um, Mm -hmm. you want to kind of give a a lay of the land for the story, JR, what this is about. Yeah. So there's like two, we read one through 10. You guys read one through 10, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's kind of like a two parter. The first parter, is there's like a a, de- a decision that the main character uh, Adam Osidis has to make, and it's either he he comes from a family of like disgraced knights, like magical knights, with, you know, and hunters, and um, and his family. Those like are called the Mozaks, right? Yeah, the Mozaks, and they're living out in the middle of nowhere, farm life, trying to get away from the disgrace. Basically, in exile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he he has to make a decision. There's an attack going on. The, all men are are basically doing what I it's the it's the God of Whispers or the Mud King. The Mud King. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, he gives everybody an option to choose from: live under me or f- have fear for the rest of your life. And uh, he has to go 
and get with it, it or get lost in it. He yeah, gave me a so apocalypse, he, like cartoon X Men apocalypse. Like that's what he reminded me of. The way he looked, kind of. Yeah, the Mud King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like how I like how he ruled. Like, but nobody knew he was ruling. Like only yeah. like only, you had to be like kind of in it to know that like actually the mud king is the ruler because there's all these like emperors and empresses that like exist in these societies but like they're all secretly reporting to this like this shadow agent yeah he's like underground too he's underground he has like underground network of of caverns and that's where his king is so he's underneath everybody so he's listening to you at every point and um and basically if you uh he he gives you an offer and it's whatever yeah. like your greatest desire yeah. is. And if you accept yeah. his offer, he is able to enter your mind and he can listen and see through you. And so he can he has basically sees the world through everyone's eyes. And he, he preys on the you know, the weakness of mankind of you know, always wanting yeah. something. Or he he's, tricks you like when he like was a kid. He tricked that guy and right. just like gave him a block and he accepted it and then he was in his head all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. He's kinda like the Sandman, you know, the 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 wonder of dreams, you know, or the, the god of dreams. He's kind of kinda like that too. I mean, and not just the Sandman from the comic, but like the, the childhood Sandman, you know, kid where he just goes from dream to dream to dream and kind mm-hmm. of pokes in your mind. And when you make that deal with him, that's when you open up that window with him and he and you let him in. So um, yeah, and then you know, just the art on this, just the epic art on this. Is the art is amazing. The art's throughout yeah. the book. The art is like fantastic. It's like, oh yeah. my god, it like pulls you in even more, and it's it's so intricate, and you're dealing with, it, and uh, it's hard to describe, but you know, obviously we read these so people can read them, and this is something we definitely read. But there's so much going on. They're in a swamp. They're in a valley. They're on a mountain. They're in a, uh, you know, uh, an old, you know city you know ancient city with bricks everywhere so it's really it's really intense there's a lot of shadows and values in here with pen and not and not uh paint you know so you've got yeah really intricate uh it, work here going on it, it was very low like but you can tell it wasn't watercolor it was more precise right and more specific and the creatures that they battle and the, like just the the beasts in the woods they are hunting like they're just like incredible design and, and, and very the, vibrant yeah, colors like page. one of the first scenes is like when the daughter pulls back that like snake arrow bow mm-hmm. and they're yeah. hunting that like boar and yeah. the boar looks like it's, it's wild magical. like something's yeah. going on with that you know what i mean yeah so yeah. it's just like even like mundane things because that scene wasn't even like a massive plot in the in the whole story but it was like the art on it was just like nuts mm-hmm. yeah so this yeah. family was exiled because the father of adam refused to hear the mud king's offer and so they were exactly exiled out and and they're like the only family or 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 a few that have not heard the offer and so they don't have mud king doesn't have access to their minds and that's obviously what he wants he wants one member from each family at least to have access to and then Mm -hmm. adam's also dying um he's got sick he's, he's sick he's got this disease and i think it's the same disease that his brother was killed with right yeah it's like hereditary it's like a tuberculosis or something like but that. but it was Where it you... was you find out it was it was in, in like implanted into them from the chick with the lantern right yeah because she wanted to to kind of spoiler alert but she wanted to you know <laughs> destroy the family because she can see the future she can see all the time what's her i can't remember what her name was it was the There's wa- a lot of names yeah. um, in here, and they're not easy names to remember. No, but I the, try to write them all down. Stick with the lantern. We'll go with that. Yeah. The lantern. And so she can see the future, and she could see that the, the Osiris bloodline is a bloodline of betrayal. And so she wanted to kind of yeah. wipe it out before it got too too bad. And uh, yeah. I think that 
essentially they have to go. He, he has to go hear the offer from the Mud King because he wants to save his family. And then he's battling this inner dilemma of whether or not he hears the offer because it would disgrace his father's entire yeah. life work of right. not listening to the offer. And, for yeah. And it, yeah. there's this inner dilemma because he, he can basically be saved by the Mud King and, and take care of his family by hearing the offer. And he's kind of debating whether that would be worth it or if he should stick to his family's, you know, crest of, of sticking, mm-hmm. sticking. And his father's like last dying words to him were no matter what, don't hear the offer from mm-hmm. the Mud King. Mm-hmm. And that was like the last thing his dad said to him. So like, he's like, it's kind of like a sins of my father, like arc where the son is wrestling with, you know, the decisions of the father and, and trying to like branch off and be their own person. But you know, also wanting to respect that lineage. Exactly. Which, you know, it was cool. And one thing yeah. that sticks out to me, I mean, there's a lot that sticks out to me in this book. I really, I really enjoyed it. Is just the characters. Like the characters are so unique and just interesting and they don't do a whole lot of buildup to their backgrounds or anything. They're kind of just thrown in at this battle and yeah. all of a sudden you see all yeah. these different characters and they slowly reveal kind of their, their background. Like I thought patchwork was incredibly interesting. Uh, it was like this, this girl that her family was slaughtered and then all of a sudden she like her body can heal because she, every mosaic has their own power. And she like took parts of her entire like family and put it together and made her body out of it. And like you see her in battle, she loses an arm and she rips off the guy's arm and puts it on her. Like it's, it's just such a cool, cool idea. And you don't get a lot of her. And like, so like I was thinking like, there's that, there's the, there's the big alligator with the huge mouth. I don't know. With a portal in his mouth. Yeah. It was like drivetrain mm-hmm. or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. That that one there was Goblin who's like this little mischievous like leader of the of the clan and where I talked about the lantern and there's just, and then Adam I mean Adam's power is fucking sick like he has uh, they call them nails like these bullets that have a little mm-hmm. uh, drop of blood from like his ancestors and every time he shoots one of the bullets the spirit of the ancestor comes out and they have like a power that they yeah. use like it was just like this is. Unhurt, like, and and they all get together on this pack. I think this called Seven to Eternity. Correct me if I'm wrong, because there's seven of them originally, and they have to get the Mud King to this spring to release him of to his power swamp. to the swamp. Yeah. To, well, they have to go the through the swamp. Much, I thought to get there. To get, they have to go through the swamp to get to the one force that can undo the the Mud King stronghold, basically. Because if they kill the Mud King while he's connected, he, then everybody then he, everyone will die. Dies. Yeah. yeah. So they have to remove so have the to spell. Undo, yeah. That's crazy, they right? Kill him. I mean, you, you can't even just kill him. You literally have to drag him along. So now he's and, a prisoner. And he is not and, yeah, quiet. He is very manipulative. No. He's whispering yeah. in their exactly. ears. Yeah. yeah, and like all of society, he has control over. Like, yeah. So right. imagine like having to transport a prisoner at that power level. Like even if he's like in a cage somewhere, somebody's coming for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the owl, you're dealing with all kinds of stuff. The owl is silencing his abilities like on his shoulder the entire time. Like this owl is barely even spoken of, but it's just always there. And it's like, yeah, it, it like blocks mm-hmm. his ability, but anybody I'm that's talking a, to you, every town they go through, everybody knows yeah. who the mud King is and they have to protect him. Someone dead, yeah. someone captured. It's like the greatest D and D campaign I've ever heard. <laughs> and I, yeah. I just like, oh god, I want to play this. Like, I want to play this in a game. Imagine Ripper Mender as your DM. Oh my god, <laughs> I, god, I'm at half mass. Like, does it get any better than no. that? That would be insane. That would be so oh, so great. So I just, I loved every bit of this this story, and and I and I would definitely read more of like the backstories yeah. of each individual character in this clan because they are just so unique, and their powers are great. 
the mm-hmm. dialogue, the in, the inner pr- challenge. We even talked about, I can't remember the girl's name, but she can like sense men's desire and she gets, you know, there's, into there's the swamp. There's so many characters. Like it's so much. And like, the swamp is such a cool setting. Like it's just yeah. like <laughs> you're just in, it's basically like a pit of hell and you're in agony of the swamp for, for eternity. Yeah. You don't get to go. They call it like the afterlife, the well. You don't get to go mm-hmm. to the well if you're in the swamp. You're stuck there forever and just... I, I, I just, like, it was like I was a kid again just reading this stuff because it just brings you back to those days where you're playing these games and making up these fantasy tales and Zach's the Damn. apocalypse yeah, alchemist and we're playing in the backyard with sticks and he ruins everything. It right? just and it throws you back. It's definitely intense. I mean, I'm just, I just opened up the page to one of the things and the, the Mud King is literally getting sucked into the swamp and so is another character. Um, it's the his, like, side the red chick The red chick, has. yeah, the one. The red chick, and he literally has to decide who he has to save, and he has to save the mud. It's king. like Batman like, Forever. Yeah, it's like crazy, right? Because that decision to like, uh, um, <laughs> I mean, it's tough, decision. but it's it's an obvious decision. It's necessary. Yeah, right? it's it's like the classic like you have one person on the track, and then you have five people on the other track. The train's gonna gotta go one way or the other. Like you could save this person that you love, I I get, but like if the mud king dies. All of society is yeah. basically dead. Right. Like, yeah. So you gotta save the Mud King, right? Which the Mud King killed Mud King his father too, right? So he has that mm-hmm. whole inner like yeah. demon going on. With the him, Mud so. King is such a polarizing character, and and he he is like explaining like you can see how manipulative he is because he's explaining to Adam like his true in- intention and his true purpose, and yeah. Adam has to like always cut through the bullshit and like that you're just mm-hmm. this is really what you're doing. You can say it paint it up however you want, but you're really destroying and controlling lives. And Right. And yeah. I also thought it was interesting at that swamp scene that he saves Mud King, leaves the girl in the swamp, and then they just go. And then, like, the guys, the rest of the team comes eventually and saves the girl. It's like, you, you, obviously you had time to save this girl, but you're like, no, we got to go. And and I, I had I had some issues with uh, with Adam based on his, his little, his inner, you know, dilemma of listening to the offer or whatnot. Like, he is obviously you know weak um in certain ways when it comes to this and he's dying and he wants to protect right, his family yeah. but he knows what happens if he if he hears the offer he's been warned about it his entire life and he's still really debating whether or not he should and he admits that he's being selfish and he just doesn't want to die like that's yeah. that's the crux but i think it. the mud king makes a great offer though the mud king is like all you want to do is protect your family how are you going to protect your family if you're dead mm-hmm. and he's like I, I, when i read that i was like er that's a I mean, don't he, always he make is convincing. How are you going to protect your family if you're dead? If if you can live, you can protect your family. And I was just like, well, but, but every it's offer, a good offer, every offer that somebody's accepted down the line has some kind of context that yeah. is like that's actually a really great point. And then, yeah. but at the overarching scape of it, like he's taking over your family, taking over your life. You're not you're not a person anymore. Like you're you're a part of his. Yeah. What know, a shitty place to tendrils. be. It's like all right. So basically. Uh, either I'm going to die and my family won't be protected by me, or I take this offer and my family won't be protected because you'll be controlling me. And at the end, so it's like he has to bust out his dad to save him to save. Cause like, I think the, the swamp monster, the God of the swamp or whatever was going to kill him. And he shoots his dad out there and his dad's like his hail Mary. Like he shoots his dad's nail. Like that's, you only get one shot and his dad comes out with his freaking axes or swords and then he has that eye above his head it's like oh this is the this is the end game and and his dad saves him and then he tells his dad or his dad notices because he has the eye of truth or whatever that you you took you listen to the offer and he just like 
walks off the cliff away from him. And that's how, that's how the volume ends. And it's like, fuck. Yeah. Heartbreaking. But yeah, I, I feel it. <laughs> like if I'm his dad, yeah. like I have everything I taught you, everything I've done. Like he let his son die because he wasn't going to listen to the offer. Like that, yeah. that is harder in my opinion. Now that I'm a father to let your daughter <laughs> die rather, or your son die rather than listening to the offer. Like I would die before. That's the thing, the dude. Like I, I don't really feel like that's the, like that's not the play, honestly. Like I, I feel like as a, as the father character in this story, he is so gung ho and he's so like entrenched in his belief that it almost is problematic. Like I don't feel like it's like as simple as like, well, your dad's telling you not to do it, so you should probably not do it. Like I feel like if you zoom out from that. And you think about like the dad and the decisions that the dad made, it really kind of is like you let your kid die instead of listening to an offer. Like maybe there was another way, you know, and I think that that's what Adam is like really trying to deal with. Like he's looking at it from like a more pragmatic point of view where he's like, I don't know, dude, like, is this really the choice or is there another choice? And he's trying to find this like gray area in a world that's presenting itself as like really black and white. And I don't know if he found it or not. Clearly you know according to the dad he didn't according to the dad he has he has betrayed him mm-hmm. which is like living up to his family lineage line right like the family of betrayers but i kind of get where adam's coming from like it's like bruh i i i got great choices here like i need to at least see hear what he's got to say you know what i mean yeah but then you're signing yourself up for the the end of freedom essentially yeah. so it, it yeah. is it's like the nettered stark debate like he was so honorable but was he too honorable? Yeah. Because he yeah, doomed his family sure. by mm-hmm. following the honorable path. And it's it's a, it's a, such a great debate. I think that there's no win. It's a lose-lose situation. And yeah. which path is the one that makes the most sense. So That's a great comparison for the dad. Ned Stark. That is like, that. I didn't think of that. But now that you said it, I'm like, oh, yeah, dude. For sure. That The dad in the story is Ned Stark. And with Ned Stark, I was on the side of you're too honorable. <laughs> you, you're 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 too <laughs> stiff, and you've doomed your family because of it. And there was no mud mm-hmm. king in this. There was other kings, but it wasn't this this uh, this dire. I don't think so. Uh, yeah. Closing mm-hmm. closing thoughts. What do you guys uh, What do you guys give this? Uh, uh, I want to go. I want to go real quick on this closing. Th- I'll start because um, I've been just kind of like listening and engaging, but like I had like. Kind of a different opinion than you guys. Like, it sounds like you guys really liked this book. Ooh. And I didn't love it. Okay. So, okay. Wow. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to love this book so bad because this has Zach Barlow written all over it. Seriously? I love sci-fi. I love fantasy. I love Rick Remender. Like, Lowe's one of my favorite comic series, if not my favorite comic series of all time. We've covered that series extensively on this podcast. Yeah, but so I'm on record saying that like low is like a life changing story. Um, so I just wanted to love it, but I just feel like as I was reading this, I was constantly left with more questions than answers, and I feel like the pace in which the story was being written was like either I'm a dummy and I'm missing things, which is could happen, but like doesn't happen very often because I read stuff like this all the time. Or the details that I needed in this story to like feel like the world were was cohesive just wasn't there. Like little things like the like why is the boar 
look look like that why do the mozaks have power what is the dad's like power that is giving him this thing why does adam have power and then when they're fighting the mud king who the hell is this tyrannosaurus rex that just showed up <laughs> why the fuck are all these characters coming out of his mouth who are they how did they know how to get there like there's all of these like it's just like constantly i'm i'm reading it and i'm wanting to love it and i am lo i'm loving the art and everything we said is true so far like i'm not disagreeing with anything you guys said but for me i just felt like i was constantly asking myself like who the fuck is this why is there what is their power how are they there now how did they know how to get there and it seemed like rick remender was just kind of like magic it's magic. Like, don't really, don't worry about it. Just let's let's keep it pushing. Let's it's kind of keep more characters, more powers, more characters, more powers. And I think I'm sure it's probably one of those stories where like you got to read on, and then you're gonna like go back, and there's gonna be like backstories on everybody. Like, I would hope that at least because it's Rick Remender, and you know Rick Remender's a goat. So like, I'm just gonna give him that benefit of the doubt. But for ten issues to have been read, and for me to still have this many like holes in this world. And the plot, I just felt wasn't my favorite story. And honestly, I don't know if it was his his best work, in my opinion. I, I, I feel like low, similar fantasy, had lots of characters, lots of crazy things. But I just don't feel like I had as many questions. Like, I felt like I was, like, more satisfied at the tens issue mark than I felt for Seven to Eternity. Okay. So, respect yeah, I, that. I so, what's, that. What's, your rating, yeah. what's your rating for Volume 1 and 2? I gave it a 4.5. Wow. That's a trash rating, folks. Ooh. That's not a trash rating. Under five is trash. One, I thought one star was a, was a trash rating. It's craft <laughs> or trash, and you went the trash route. Oh. yeah. We're I didn't love school. it, dude. I'm not going to lie. I, didn't, I wanted to love it so bad. I was disappointed. I was disappointed. All right. JR, maybe you can answer some of his, his questions. You've read further on right well i haven't finished it there's only there's only 17 i'm going through this is my uh my book he yeah. just jr yeah, as he i was flex. giving this like he had a flex. as i was like giving my a pit like this a position jr like gets up and brings this seven to eternity bible to the desk <laughs> yeah, and like dude. drops it on the table opens it up, like <laughs> yeah i'm just uh i'm just kind of going through it because i have not finished this is actually only 17 issues so this is actually all of them all oh, the issues right so here. We're, is that we're the, whole, the whole story is 17 this is issues? The whole series, only 17. So, so your questions think, aren't going to be answered, I don't think, Zach. Yeah, I think what, what Jack is saying is probably true because it's such a quick story. I didn't know it was only 17. I thought it was in the 30s. But um, this is this is everything right here. So if for people on audio, obviously, this is a deluxe a hardcover, a hardcover edition that um, Image puts out with a company called Giant Generator, which is really tied to Rick Remender like a lot like he he does a lot of his books like this so i have i have several books i have low like this i have uh fear oh, agent like this too yeah uh, 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 low has 26 issues so there's there's two of these uh volume, Whoa, dude. But, so good yeah and so um it's great because the art is huge in here you know you get the, like the, the pictures are huge so um but i think what zach is is pointing at is, is probably true because it's so short and it's you got to get into it quickly and you got to get into his I guess his main goal at the end, which is, I have not read there, so I need to I need to finish. But for for me, the obviously I'm going to give it an eight, and it's it is a lot of value to this book when it comes to writing. It's you got to get to certain things really quickly, 
And I, I was just going through this because I know there was a quote in here by Robert uh, Kirkman. And it, it kind of, I think with, with Zach, I totally get what he's saying, but I, I think when you, you got to get to a point pretty quickly, you got to make some, some sacrifices. And uh, Robert Kirkman, and hopefully you know who that is, everybody, the Walking Dead creator, um, it said, Seventh Eternity by Remender and Jerome Opina is freaking awesome. Amazing world building, just reality. Really, really smart stuff. Don't miss it. And I, th I think that kind of tells me that you've got to like, You've got to get into it real quickly. You've got to get the art. There's so much in the art, and you've got to really push fast. Got to accept it story. from the start. Yeah, you do. I think, yeah, I, I think that there there needs to come a certain level of acceptance to yeah. really love this book. Yeah, which is fine. Like I, I think you kind of have to come in yeah. and just say like, like it's almost like you're thrust into this world. The world exists. This is the story that's happening in the world. I'm not really in 17 issues going to give you the right. a lot of the why's. Like you're just going to have to be like this world is this. It just yeah. is what it is and keep it pushing. It's, um yeah. He probably uh, has. I bet you in his archive, I'm, prob I'm probably in the minority honestly but, on this one. I know a lot of people who love this book, but I I will tell you that he probably knowing writers and you know this as a writer, you he probably has a notebook with all the things that you're saying. Oh yeah, and that's like, why I'm hoping he'll make some spin-offs. I wanted I, 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 I wanted the world to be yeah. more fleshed out. It just felt because like because I love the world. It's so right? interesting. Yeah, it's like we got dropped in in the middle of of something and yeah. and he he I guarantee he has it and maybe one day they'll make a show out of this and all that will come in the That'd show on top of it, which would be really cool because that'd be, that'd be a great show. We don't know anything about it, right? So there's no yeah. judgment there. So I think that would be cool. But yeah, this is a great book. It's only 50 bucks. That's a steal. It's funny because I remember being on the opposite side of this argument with Zach when it came to Umbrella Academy. I was furious yeah. <laughs> with no backstory, no character development. We're supposed to accept this world. And I think that the difference between this and that is that that was uh, not as executed as well. It was a little more silly, um, a little more humor. And yeah, the characters just weren't as interesting to me. And in this one, I want more of the characters. Like I, I think I said that earlier, like you don't get the story of these guys. They just kind of show up in this battle and then they're all just ridiculous characters, but they have cool abilities. And like, normally I'd be like, well, where do they come from? What do I like? How, what was their origin? How do, how do I know who I'm dealing with here? And then as time went on, I was like, I actually just, I don't care. I love these guys and I love what they're doing. And I love this, this story. And so like, you do have to accept it. I think that Reminder just did a better job executing like, the actual details after the fact without giving too much backstory. He still made you intrigued. And I, I do want to know more about these characters. And I still think that the story was so cool and the art was so cool that it just brought it. I, I wasn't feeling that I was missing out on more details. I don't know why. I think it's just because of his, his level of, of execution and his dialogue and his, his artwork. I think it just made me like these characters without knowing too much about them. So I, I, I don't I don't disagree with you, Zach. I think there could be more, but I think that he just did such a good job with it. I, I still loved it. So I gave it an eight as well. Um, and I I think that if it's there's only seven issues left, I'm gonna definitely finish this book and would highly recommend, you know, listeners out there go go check it out if you're into this stuff because it, it's uh it's a good one. And and if you haven't read Low, read, read Low, Zach. I know Low's Low's the goat, but uh anything you can read Remender you're gonna enjoy. So I mean Remender's the goat. He sure. is. I think he's amazing. The goat I, of independent. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. So we have two eights and a four point five, which brings our total score out to a six point eight. 
So still a craft overall, and um, I think this probably got higher ratings than that elsewhere. But you know, we we can be critical at times, and that's what makes. Is it there fun. is there a book rating like? Um, maybe Goodreads might have it. Let's see what Goodreads says. Let's create some dead air while we're while we're closing out this. Yeah, segment. we're good at that. I love it. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could just edit this out. We haven't this even talked. We haven't even talked about Piper, which was a, such a cool character. The the yeah, son Piper of, of Mud King, like this demonic looking floating. But pharaoh. even Piper, like, how did Piper show up to that battle? Like, if they're fighting, the Tyrannosaurus Rex comes, the people come, everything's going down, and then all of a sudden, boom, Piper's there. Well, Piper's his son so he knows where mud king's at at all times when he's not being blocked by that owl and i think he just so nowhere, nowhere to go one and he can like summon summon shit from the mud out of with his pipe and just like bring you into the dirt that's how that's how adam's dad died just super super interesting stuff what'd you say jr uh looks like volume one which would be one through six is graded at 3.9 out of five out of five so that's a 7.8 um, yeah. Let's see. Volume two. Volume two is three point nine nine. So basically four out of five. Which we gave an eight. And, yep. And then volume three, which would probably be um, four point one after ten. Yeah. So it gets better. 10. It gets better. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have to finish this one. Yeah, me too. I, I I need to. It's been on my list to finish, and I just uh, I need to I need to read finish it I out. Fucking figure yeah, it out. So. All right. Um, yeah, I will. All right. Well, uh, we'll be right back after this, and then we'll dive into some echo. This episode is brought to you by our friends and family at Action City Comics, who have been with us from the very beginning. Love you guys. Uh, they have our picture up on the wall in there from two thousand and whenever. That's how long they've been with us. Forgot about that. Um, yeah. And uh, if anybody wants to know where that you can look for them on Instagram, Facebook, they got a new Facebook group coming out where you can do auctions, exclusive books. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we love them to death and we appreciate them. So federal way, Washington, go say hi to my best friend, Doug. Yeah. Doug. Love you. Action city. And we're back and Jr. Have you finished your Chick-fil-A? Are you ready to get back into this or I feel much better now? Yeah. <sighs> Got a little, got a little, got a little, got a little food in your tum tum. Got a little catering, yeah. Special delivery yeah, catering. Your, your mornings are are different now as a parent because Ender comes first, so you got to get him all ready and breakfast, and then you forget to eat yourself. Yeah, yeah I still honestly, I was just, I was just talking to Alicia about this this morning. Like, I felt like as a dad, one of the like perks of this was going to be that I could exert dad tax on everybody in the house. So, like, everybody that's eating food. Like I just get some of their food from their plate, like that's a thing. But what I've realized that's what is you that were to. that's what I was looking forward to. Like the dad tax system, it's literally the opposite though. Like it's is if I'm eating, Luther is like, oh, yeah, that's our food, Same now. Here. and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it is. Like I'm just not gonna not feed you, so yeah. and he just eats off my plate. Like I, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I had a meal where I actually just got to eat it without like yeah, a it's, toddler's it's, hands in it, like just. <laughs> Sounds like so, Marcy. It's so true. It's yeah. It does sounds like Marcy. Sounds like it's, my dog. It's so true. You'll you get you get no alone time with when you're eating, and like even if yeah. you want to, uh, you're eating like a big burger, and you know he can't eat it. He still walks up and he's like, ah. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Let me let me get some of that. It's like I'm paying like, tax oh. to him. I'm like, bro. Yeah. 
What? Let me, this, is, uh, this is not what I thought this was going to be. That is that is so true. It's it's uh yeah, I think I eat about half of my meals cuz he eats the other half. So, we're about the same size now, so it's, you know, it's pretty tense. <laughs> same caloric intake. I like it. Yeah. Um, all right, so we are going to talk the new Disney Plus series, Echo. And, JR, I have some questions because I didn't know a whole lot about Echo coming into this. What is the story of Echo? Like, where where did she come from? What, what storyline so, was she Publication appeared? history. Uh, the character of Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo, was created by David Mack. If anybody knows who David Mack is. and Joe Do you Cresita. know who David Mack is? David Mack does amazing watercolors uh, drawings, and so he does um, – and everything's in watercolor. He, I'm trying to think of a story that you guys may have read. He did um, Fight Club. Mm. He did um, mm. Daredevil. Um, and oh. uh, it, it, it's very recognizable. When you see it, it's straight-up watercolor, and it's he does it in a way that is very uh, – um, it's 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 messy, but except for the character is like clean mm-hmm. and cut. So he does a really good job there. Um, and Joe Casita used to be the editor in chief for Marvel for about I don't know 10, 15 years. I think up until the last five, six years ago, he was the uh, chief and editor. Um, and he's a great artist. He does he did a lot of great cover art for on Amazing Spider Man. I have some books that I bought that are probably worth a couple hundred bucks just from him, just because they're um, ratio variants with his drawings on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Echo made her first appearance in, Dare, in a Daredevil book, uh, one of the first deaf characters, uh, as the adoptive daughter of Daredevil villain Wilson Fisk. Maya debuted as a new antagonist to the Man Without Fear. Um, so she showed up in Daredevil volume. It's like there was this. Uh, there used to be a run called Marvel Knights, and it was basically like uh, Vertigo for DC or. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> like, or the ultimate universe. So they had this thing called Marvel Knights and they had a bunch of stories in there. Spider-Man had the, a bunch of stories in there, Daredevil. And she showed up in uh, a volume two. So another set, which is number nine. We we had it at the store, uh, Action City for a while. And there's only like 40 bucks. And obviously with her coming out, it kind of jumped a little bit and it, it's gone. But, um, and so that's kind of like her, her publication history. Um, and so it's, it was kind of like a kind of, if you think about Daredevil, obviously he was blind. So it was kind of supposed to be his counter Yeah. with, with senses basically. Mm-hmm. Did she have um, a fake leg too? Was that part of her story? Or was I, don't that think added? She, I think, I don't remember the fake leg. Um, I only read that first one, but I don't remember their discovering a fake leg, but she was a master of, um, artillery. So like, I do remember like the knife in the boot and I do remember, um, her having like, she could pull out like knives everywhere and she was just extremely intense. Um, violent, she, was, dude. she was definitely intense yeah. in this violent as shit question for yeah. you guys. <clears throat> when you started watching this, did you have to change your parental guidance settings? Did I have to change my parental guidance settings? Yeah. No, because no. I already did that when they wanted to jam Hulu into my Disney Plus. Gotcha. So, so I have I both. I have those that. separate still. And in order to watch this show, I had to go into my parental guidance settings and allow it to be really? like past age 14 or whatever, which I've never had to do before on a Disney show. Why do you have... Because it's just the, it's just your... the default of what it comes at for for Disney. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Disney Plus. Yeah, like uh, this is like a year ago now that they had merged Hulu 
and yeah. Disney Plus into one. So now you can watch either or. Yeah, so, so I you, haven't you done that Hulu. that package uh-huh. yet. So I'm still separate. Yeah. And so the default for Disney is like 14 and under. And uh-huh. I yeah. think because of the brutal like crash scene and stuff, you had to you had to up your, your parental settings. There was like a couple scenes in this show where I was like, oh, shit. This there's, is so, there's gun violence and all that. Yeah, stuff. So, dude. This so is... in my opinion, this was a great marketing strategy like when you're going to turn on another marvel show and all of a sudden like oh shit i have to change the parental settings for this i have to make this all of a sudden your ears perk up a little bit all of a sudden it's like okay i'm i'm a little intrigued like at first i was like this is so annoying what how do i even do this and i had to google it and then i was like actually now i'm more excited for this this is a great play this is a great great strategy Mm. to get to get the uh the older audience a little more intrigued Mm -hmm. um so i was i was hoping that there was more to that boot though talking about the prosthetic uh, leg prosthetic leg like there could have been some cool powers or like a like a freaking like like it extends like go go gadget kicks or whatever little rocket boot um so i was wondering if that was part of her character but it doesn't sound like it was i don't think so because I, I i have some notes here about kind of she was supposed like i said supposed to be like this counter daredevil and she has what they called photo uh, graphic reflexes hmm. and so she is able to to simply uh, similar to Taskmaster, where she can kind of mimic other things, other characters, and learn. That's how she learned to fight so fast, so well. Um, Interesting. She can duplicate any physical action. She can see ranging from ballet, uh, and she wanted to be a ballet performer growing up in the book. So she has this like core strength that most people don't have, um, and because of her reflexes, she's highly. Uh, she's like good at everything like her reaction time music arts you know she's just able to she's uh, good at music put that together really quick no she's yep, deaf she's good at she's reflexes um yes is that a problem for you no i'm just it's it's impressive that's all i'm saying <laughs> how does she know she's good uh th- it's coming from an outside source mm. as the writer mm. <laughs> um she is uh she let's see. Sometimes that makes Echo very unique hero. She is that the one of Marvel's first deaf characters and on their mainstream deaf superhero. I can't think of another deaf superhero. Um, that comes to mind. So she's very, she's very unique in that way. And I guess uh, David, David Mack wanted to really do a justice to this. So he, when he wrote this, he studied various autobiographies of deaf people and researched deaf different forms of Indian sign language to bring the character to life, which is really key when it comes to indigenous people and understanding that sign language, like a huge part of their, their history and how they talk to each other. And, um, I, I, when I first saw that, cause I, obviously I, I'm, I love indigenous stories and mysteries and crime and all that. They, you know, it's kind of sad at the same time, but, um, she, to see some of that stuff thrown in there and they really, I know echo in the, in the series really put a, a, a good emphasis on the research and being accurate as they can, obviously in this day and age, but to see a lot of that stuff come to life and see that David Mack did that as well as one of the writers and creators of echo was pretty amazing. What was the tribe? I think it was uh, the Mox. I have it in my Yeah, notes. they're in, it's an Oklahoma tribe, right? So the, um, that was like, Ochaka I don't know if that's the way. Ochaka. Yeah, it, she in the it's a Cheyenne nation in the book it's a Cheyenne nation I don't I think that was Choctaw Choctaw nation yeah in, so in the comic book she was from the Cheyenne did nation, she have so. powers from her ancestors in the comic too 
I think she developed something similar. She had the echo. She had the handprint on her face, like she painted it. So it was. I don't. Um, and I only read like similar some things with her in there. She was always this character that kind of just showed up, you know, like in a story. Like Daredevil's like fighting, and then all of a sudden she's just there. It's kind of like Elektra sometimes. And mm-hmm. um, so a lot of times when you like, I'm not a. Huge is she Daredevil. is she like a side character in the comics more? She's she's like an assassin for Fisk, you know. Uh, so, oh, so, so she's evil. It, yeah, so she's kind of um, <clears throat> kind of mixed in in with a bunch of other things. You know what I mean? And yeah. Obviously, when she showed up, she was the main story arc. But there's yeah. not, I don't think there's an Echo book, not that I've read or I've ever wanted to read. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I didn't even know. You know. In the beginning, you don't need, you can't really. The only way you could tell that she's indigenous is because she has certain characteristics, but they kind of draw. She looks white to me in the book. So, mm. you know, yeah. it's kind of a, a, if you don't dig deeper into it, particularly when you do that 10 years ago, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. why, um, why Echo? Why, why do a series e- on Echo? <laughs> well, I think I know in, why. Oh, go ahead. Uh, oh, but she was in the last, um, uh, Hawkeye series, which her and Ronan, and she's going to be in the next Daredevil series coming out. Yeah, and uh-huh. she, uh, her, she becomes, she becomes Ronan, I think, at some point, and she also becomes the Phoenix. So maybe that's where the power, the powers come from. She becomes, she becomes the, becomes the Who doesn't become the Phoenix? Echo becomes yeah. the Phoenix. When the Phoenix returned to Earth, it created a contest to determine oh if the host Maya was one of the heroes pitted against each other. She lost a fight against Namar, but the Phoenix was drawn to her suffering and ability to adapt and wield its power in different ways. That's her so as a next host. She fought I feel Namar. Like, Gee, and she better lose to Namar. I think I yeah. think that they're trying they're building her up. Like to me it feels like because she was in the uh Hawkeye. Hawkeye and we know for sure that she's going to be in Daredevil and Dare, Daredevil makes a cameo in this. She feels like she's to me, at least part of like a plan. Like, I think that they're like introducing this character and giving you this like grand kind of backstory, which is the whole series is basically her origin story so that they can start to build off of the character moving forward. So is she going to be in like the young Avengers or whatever that they're making with all the young female? With all the young. Yep. Probably. She's going to be one of those, um, anti heroes or anti villain people, you know, where you can't trust her. She's off on a, her own, she's going rogue. She is, she turns into the Ronin, which is a rogue uh, superhero, kills and murders people. So it's not. Dorian, like... You seem to hate this, bro. Say what you, <laughs> say what you think. I, I mean, I, I think I've said it plenty on the previous episodes, but this Young Avengers approach is just going to be, I'm not, I'm not excited for it. And it's nothing to do with that they're women. It's that they're doing like characters that they're doing it with. I don't feel like are the young Avengers. Yeah, great actors. The only one I'm excited for is uh, what's her name from the Marvels, um, M- Mrs. Marvel. Oh, Kamala Khan. Yeah, she's the only Kamala one Khan. that I've been like, this is a character I can get behind. This is the one I'm interested in. All yeah. the other characters, whether it's the Hawkeye, if it's Echo, like it's just like freaking Ironheart. And it's just like characters that aren't that great, but they're young and they're female, so they're getting this this story push and i just i don't know if it's yeah. the actresses they're selecting i, don't, I honestly don't love echo being a part of the young avengers i, I feel like they could do yeah. something more like and we don't know that you know we're just speculating but to me and and um echo's strength i think is in hell's kitchen like i really feel like marvel has like 
kind of stumbled into something here that's like actually pretty dope. Like I, I think oh, yeah. that like generally speaking, the MCU, you know, has been a mess. We've talked about that a ton. But like this zero zoomed in Hell's Kitchen world with like Daredevil and now Echo and Kingpin and like the grittiness of it and and I don't know, sure. man. Like I actually thought it was kind of dope. And I, I went into this show thinking like, oh, here we go, you know, it's another, another Marvel show. I don't know anything about Echo. Like like you know, you just Jr. went through the background of the 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 written character. I went in blind, no idea who Echo is. Like let's just check it out. And I had really low expectations. And honestly, I was kind of pleasantly surprised. I, first of all, I thought that the the story, the grittiness, the gore was like pretty dope. I liked that Echo was like, nah, bro, like if we're fighting, you're going to die. Like I'll shoot you in your face. Mm -hmm. I don't fucking care. Like I fucking, yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, you know, I liked the Choctaw Nation like culture in it. Like I thought it yeah. was authentic and on the last yeah. episode at the very end it says like thank you for the choctaw nation for helping us make this so like i actually like i think that it was authentic because like choctaw was involved in making this which was cool um and there was like moments where i felt like man i really just want echo to be bad like i was like thinking she's brutal she has this like brutality to her even in her fights where she's not pulling like she's looking for the quickest easiest way to kill you and then like there's flashback scenes where she's a kid and she's like killing birds and she, like she's brutal even as a kid so i was just thinking like man like i hope she's a villain is she going to be a villain can she please be a villain and then i was thinking daredevil echo rivalry maybe in hell's kitchen which would be pretty dope to me um but ultimately she like did the marvel thing and did the right thing and saved the whatever which i didn't I didn't love. So I, I didn't love every aspect of this show, but Echo is a character to me. I also thought it was pretty dope to like have powers from your ancestors. Like that's an interesting concept to me. Like if you think about it, we're not just amalgamations of our parents. Like we're also parts of our parents' parents and their parents' parents' parents. And so like the skills and talents that like your generations had are like can manifest themselves in you. And I just thought that was cool, cool concept. Um, so yeah, man, I don't know. I, I, I hope she doesn't end up in Young Avengers. I think that would be a mistake because that would be pulling her out of Hell's Kitchen and inserting her into this like PG-13, PG MCU, you know, world, which would just strip Echo of like everything that makes Echo cool to me. Everything that makes Echo cool is this brutality and this, you know, like almost Punisher-esque approach to fights. And I also love the fight choreography in the show where like there would be chaos going on all around her and then it would zero in on her and then it would cut the audio. Yeah. And then she would be fighting and just fucking like guns blazing and but like no audio at all. So you kind of get to hear like what it's like to be a part of that chaos while you're a deaf person. Like that's dope, and it all, all also was weirdly could have been like an advantage because it just seemed like there was like this focus that she had in those moments that maybe somebody else that's hearing all this shit like might not have. Oh yeah. So I thought it was dope, and I just hope like my main point is if they take her out of this world, this is where she thrives, and this is where I'm most interested in the character. Keep her in Hell's Kitchen, keep her with Daredevil, keep this shit rated R, and you got my interest. If you take her out. And you put her in Young Avengers, and you pair her with fucking Ironheart and all your other PG thirteen little, you know, whatever. <laughs> then it's gonna suck. 
because now what do we have? Now what kind of character do we got? Watered down. We got a yeah. ex kingpin, potential queen pin of Hell's Kitchen uh enforcer who now we can't show blood or curse. So what do we got? Like I that would just be a mistake. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I I think yeah. that the there's a few reasons why you're right is that the Hell's Kitchen world is small and when you keep things small you keep things real and it's grittier and it's it's a gritty city to begin with and Daredevil obviously was a great show Punisher was great and the yep. the commonality oh, yeah. there I think yeah. is revolving around Wilson Fix Fisk like Kingpin makes a great villain and I think mm-hmm. that whenever he's on the scene like he's polarizing and yeah, I, he's weird. I just like the way he plays that character. I think is like it's like a pouty vicious, amazing. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's he has like these small amazing. things. I was I was seeing in this show, like while we we're watching Echo, where like uh-huh. even when he's in conversation and somebody's talking to him. First of all, he's massive, yeah. so you're always looking yeah. up at him, talking to him. And if you watch his hands, he's like always flexing and it. Un- he's doing this like thing with his mm-hmm. hands that just kind of shows this tension that he's carrying constantly yeah. and he's like just right under the surface and i just feel like as an actor this guy's kind of killing this absolutely role. well you know you guys have watched uh full metal jacket right mm-hmm. yeah that's a uh, uh, sergeant pile right sergeant pile whatever they yeah. call him. and bullshit Zach, you can suck a watch. golf ball through a garden hose i love watch watch full metal jacket zach you haven't seen full metal jacket no what, seriously, the only full oh, metal man. I watch is Alchemist, <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah, okay, nerd alert. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, shit. If you watch- only steers and queers are from <laughs> Texas, and I don't see you got any horns, yeah. do you? <laughs> so, if as if, has anybody ever talked to you about putting like soaps in a sock before and beating the crap yeah. out of somebody? Heard? I've okay. seen that scene for some reason. I know what you're talking about. The drill like, sergeant I, scene where somebody was like. On a in a bunk bed, and then a bunch of people yeah. start beating the shit out of him. That's Kingpin. That Vince, that's Kingpin. Yeah. That's Kingpin. That's getting and beat so, up. The actor. Yeah. yeah, that's Kingpin. Watch, watch that, and watch how Vincent Del Oforio does that character, like acts that character, and then you'll see Kingpin, and you're like, I get it. It's fucking like, dark. Mm. He loses it's like his mind and mm. yeah. goes off on the so it, rest of his. It's it's one of comrades. the. I love Vincent Del Oforio. He's always a, a Del Oforio. He was amazing in uh, Men in Black great villain there and he's you know he's been he's got this um he had to like oh he, he was the cockroach guy it. wasn't he yeah oh shit. he was the cockroach guy yeah oh that's an iconic iconic, water. iconic <laughs> villain sugar water sugar water more yeah. pull the skin back blah, blah, blah. Dude, this yeah dude i did not i, I, I did not i did I didn't not put realize. that together oh shit i didn't realize that's crazy <laughs> that's what i'm here for it's the research department yes thank um, you Oracle. But uh, yeah, what am I here for? Uh, to hate yeah, on fucking for. great comics, apparently. <laughs> to hate on. Great <laughs> thought that was my job, but I'm a dad now. So. <laughs> the, the shit on the writer's desk. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big steamy pile of your opinions. <laughs> oh God. Oh, I. One thing I'll tell you about this show, and I loved it. Just so you know, okay. um, is is how accurate that they really tried to be from the characters to the actress trying to match like that's really i think one i know in the past try to do this yeah it's so amazing uh mm-hmm. i hope i say her name right aliqua cox who's the main character who plays echo she literally is deaf like she that's 
that's who she is. Oh, I didn't know that. That's right. That's, that's cool. Yeah. So that's she, she's able to, and she's a Native American, and um, and she I, did a good I've job. Always, I liked her. She did, she did a good job. job. And I, Graham Green is in here. I don't know if you know who Graham Green is. Um, he was the pawn shop owner, but he he was he was good as the the yeah. grandpa. He was great. He was like quirky yeah. and and like yeah. you know. I've, yeah. I've always loved Graham Green hitting on the grandma grandpa. who divorced yeah. him and still yeah. just <laughs> still, shooting his like, shot. You know, trying to get her on the sofa in the office. You know, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty funny. And he's one thing I noticed that has happened, and a lot of times it's happened with Asian uh, actors as well, which I think they're starting to get them out of this. Is is Native Americans, Indigenous people, have always been cast in the same type of roles, you know. So we're and we're starting to see a lot of those roles being uh, recognized, particularly with the Oscars now. Um, Bro, have you guys? I don't want to like derail this too, but too much. But have you guys seen Killer Flower Moon? It is on my list. No, I want uh, there's to. a book about it. Oh I have God. to read the book. Like, That's a whole I, other conversation. We're gonna have to do an Oscars episode, but okay, keep going. Sorry. We should do an Oscars episode. We do we talk Oscars all the time, but we never do an episode. But yeah. um because they won't nominate but, us. Uh, that's true. I mean, but you should be excited <laughs> for this true. Oscars. I'm excited. Segment. I mean, your hero, your embodiment of oh, is, are we doing your this? spirit animal is Is, is it Gosling there. talk? It's uh, the it's the it's the worst nomination of all time. <laughs> I told you, Jordan, I told you in a text that even Ryan Gosling does not want this nomination. And you said, nah, he deserves it. He like you like you rebutted <laughs> you imagine it. Imagine if then, it like, wins. Two days later, Ryan Gosling came out and was like, This is a travesty. Like he doesn't want it. That's like, his why people telling you, him bro? what he should say. He has to no, say that. No, I think you he legit he legit does not want this. I don't want to be hey, nominated for an Oscar. Oh, Could man. you imagine, bro, if he wins this Oscar? It's gonna be terrible for his we like just his might feel good. I push you around. I can understand Margot Robbie not being nominated, honestly. Although she executive produced this and like the whole thing happened because of her. Not like yeah. she literally this was her brainchild. So yep. but I guess like from an acting perspective, like did, was I blown away by Margot Robbie as Barbie? Not necessarily, like so. Were you blown well, away I don't by know. Ken? I, that's I was for yeah. sure. Ryan, I, I absolutely was. But I'm also I was also blown away by the movie as a whole. Like the idea, the, the concept, the writing. Yeah. Wasn't it nominated it was for executed. best picture? Yes! It, okay. it was nominated not, for Best Picture. And Greta Gerwig wrote and directed this movie. And she's like, that's the one that I think has got me fucked up personally. Like Margot Robbie. I don't know. Like I, I'm not necessarily saying that she needed to be nominated, but Greta Gerwig, dude, that is a snub. Like that was not. Like how is she not in Best Director when her movie's nominated for Best Picture that yeah. she wrote? I respect. What are we talking that. about? I feel that. I just don't think that yeah. Ryan should take any shrapnel in this argument. Like, he, <laughs> sorry, I mean, he did a great job. At, I don't think people are mad at Ryan. No, I, like, I don't. I'm, nobody's nah, going to like he did put anything. himself in there. Yeah. It's more <laughs> like the Academy fucked this up so bad. Like, it's, it's literally the, the, the plot of Barbie just played out. And now, <laughs> it, unfortunately, Ryan has to, like, he's kind of the face of this. So, like, now it's like, if you're him, you really did don't want you don't want this nomination it's almost like a bad look and if he wins it gets even worse because then you have to like do this acceptance speech. speech and oh, in this acceptance man. speech he's gonna be like this is a travesty like i'm only he's only there because greta and margo convinced him to play ken like it's just hilarious it's like terrible but there's like real comedy in it and my i thing. don't know i kind of Hope he wins. Like, that be <laughs> yeah, he brings a acoustic guitar on stage. Oh, that'd be so <laughs> fucking good. 
All right, let's uh, let's go into ranking this show. So um, I'll go first. I thought it was okay. Um, there were parts of it that I thought were great that I don't think necessarily were all about the story. I think it was the the delivery of the show. Like I already mentioned, the the strategic parental settings thing I think was not unintentional, and I think it was great. I also felt from the first episode, I saw the trope being drawn out of young girl's dad is killed by Kingpin. She's not aware who kills him, and then she comes under his wing, and she doesn't realize that he's going to be the big baddie at the end. I was like, oh, here we go. They ran through that in the first episode and ended it with her shooting him in the face. And I was like, okay, this is different. This is a definitely like that old like old school trope. They almost teased you with it, and they just cut it out at the very end of the first episode. I was like, oh, thank God. That was, that was incredibly refreshing. I thought the fight scenes were excellent. I did like the the um you know the ancestral power that, that that she brought. I thought they cut to it a shit ton. I think that they really leaned on it like a lot. Like that was like fifty percent of the of the story was like cutbacks to her ancestors and everything. Which was it's an origin story. It's only five episodes. Fine, not not a huge problem with that. I didn't love a whole lot of the other characters though. I thought that the the pawn shop guy was cool, and I thought that the um I love Wilson Fisk's character. Like I love him, and. You know, I thought Echo did an okay job. I didn't really love anybody else. Um, I didn't really think that there was a whole lot of depth to them. And ultimately, while they did cut the trope at the beginning, the ending result of the whole, like, marvelization of it, where she just becomes the good guy and saves everyone, and then she throws her powers at her friends, and now they're fighting with her. And, like, I thought that that was a little bit too much Marvel for me. So I gave it a 6.5. But I still think it was an enjoyable. I just didn't. Yeah, you know, it was better than I expected. I will say that. Yeah, I'll go. Um, I'll go. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I talked through a lot of the things I liked. I liked the. I, I think a lot of them overlap too. Like the fight scenes were excellent. Um, I liked the powers coming from ancestors. Um, I liked that at one point. I actually thought maybe potentially this was an origin villain story. I wish that it was. I, I feel like yeah. the ending was so marvel and it's like i was like they did enough different through like episodes one through three that i was like damn like are we really getting something here that might be special and then they just like reverted back to marvel at the end so i didn't love the end i also found myself getting kind of like bored between episodes three and four ish like i felt like or two and three, like, once we got to the powwow, I was, like, kind of back engaged, because I thought there was, like, a lot going on, there was a lot of culture in that, and I was really interested, but, like, there was, like, a train scene where she's fighting, like, thugs and stuff, where I was, like, I don't know, like, what is, what's the stakes here? It didn't feel super high. So, I didn't love every aspect of it, but I definitely feel like I liked Echo, um, and I hope that she stays in this world, and I can see a future in this character, particularly as a villain. Like, I really prefer echo be a villain i i think that would be like awesome for her and for marvel as a whole to like really just have her go bad and be like fuck it like i'm just gonna burn the world down and then have daredevil try to stop that like i think that would be really dope um as an anti-hero it's cool but i just i would prefer the villain but anyway i gave it an eight i actually was pleasantly surprised i liked it wow okay jr yeah uh yeah <clears throat> 
one of the things I absolutely love is seeing a lot of these old actors in here, Native American actors, like I said, Graham Greene. And it, it is unfortunate sometimes that this is the only parts they get, but um, it is great to see them acting and, and then obviously stick as true as possible to that culture because that culture has been dem like disassembled through the centuries. And I think I know what you guys are saying when it comes to moralization at the end, she becomes a hero. But to me, she actually just, she was in her hometown, her reservation. And what she did was just save her family. And I think any villain would do that, to be honest with you. Hey, that's, that's my family and I'm going to protect them. And um, they kind of banished her and then they accept her back. And I think for indigenous people, family is like huge because that's all they have a lot of times on reservations there's not a lot to do on reservations they don't own the land they can't build their houses on there like they literally just rent the land that that was theirs and um so a lot of times family is like a big deal and to, for her to come back and save her family it's not like she was saving the city to me or she jumped in mm -hmm. um she didn't jump into like a superhero suit yeah yeah there is still a little hope bit for of her evil her. Yeah, I feel like she, hopefully they if they follow from what I think the Echo was in, she just kind of comes in and she's a little bit like Bullseye, you know, Daredevil's villain and, and, and fights him. And honestly, how cool was it to see Brian Cox come in and be Daredevil for like that first three seconds? Yeah. I was su like, almost like. I want them to be rivals. Yeah, and I, I think they will be. And he I think hopefully he fights her and. Um, Again. and more, and hopefully we get to see more uh, Hell's Kitchen villains. You're so right about the Hell's Kitchen being its own little world. It's never a part of the big thing. Daredevil is n hardly ever. Part and right of now, the it's big kind of the best thing Marvel's got going for him. Yeah, and it's it's Punisher too, and all these characters don't have superpowers. They just have like these kind of inept abilities. You know, these kind of like these extra little strengths here and there. But um, I just grounded. thought it was great to. Yeah, and I and I enjoyed that a lot, and I think Echo fits definitely in there. She's a dare, those those Daredevil characters. I think Marvel has really been protected of because it, it is such a, a niche, right? You can't you can't change all that stuff. So, and it's not funny. Daredevil comics are never comical; they're always violent, they're always intense. So, hopefully, they keep that going. Um, I enjoyed it, and I flew through that stuff so fast. Uh, I gave it a I'm giving it an eight point five. Wow! Um, all right, just because. I enjoyed, and I love indigenous stuff so much. I really do. It's like one of my favorite topics to read about. So, well, that was well well said, Jr. And I, I agree with that. I think that that is a great way of putting it. She saved her family, not the city. I think that that is something that That's gives gives Zach hope. I did not think about that, and yeah. uh, you know, makes me appreciate it a little bit more. So, that's a great point. So, I, that gives us a seven point seven as a score. If you look at Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the critics gave it a seventy one. And the audience oh, gave nice. it a 61. So okay. I'll take my 6.5. Closer to the critics. Just flex real quick. Yeah. Uh, right in the middle there. <laughs> just get some of that going. Um, I'm glad this is an audio only. Uh, so, uh, yeah, unfortunately yeah. for you listeners out there. So that is our take on Echo. And we'll be right back after this. Hello, Hopheads. We just want to take a quick moment to shout out our friends over at Hops Geek News. Hoppy Mommy and Mash have a podcast where they drink beer as well, and turns out they talk about nerd shit. So if you're enjoying this, you'll enjoy them. Uh, you can find them on the Hops News platform, anywhere you can find podcasts. And uh, I think when we went toe-to-toe -to, -toe to them in 
the Nerd. battle and they knowledge. did they did technically beat us but like i kind of have a beef with that because they removed jr who's part of our team <laughs> that's like, true that's so it's true. like why would you why were, why are we tying an arm behind our like of course you and me don't know what we're talking yeah, about so like it's been a i got a beef with that i feel like we need a rematch and i think we should have jr yeah but it wasn't that bad though. It was close, it was closer than we than we thought. It wasn't that bad. That's encouraging. We lost, <laughs> but we, we we it was close. This was supposed to be an ad spot for Hawks Geek News, and instead it's just a, a fucking challenge. Challenge. <laughs> a challenge. We're throwing down the gauntlet. <laughs> so we'll Halloween see you back out there. Twenty twenty two. Matter of fact, don't even go fucking listen to this guy. Just, <laughs> just stay right here. No, we love him. Love you guys. Check yeah. him out. And we're back. So I get bad at that. <laughs> And we are talking the magic order from Mark Miller. So uh, another great independent writer, um, Jr. What brought this one to the stage for us this this month? Terry Potter, if it was written by Kanye West. That's and that's my that's first, our episode. My, that's my it, first note. That's our segment. All right, I love it. Hope you guys that's, have a great that's night. We're gonna title it, dude. Uh, Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I I wanted to read this because or put this on the show. I read this obviously a long time ago as well. It's got an amazing uh, artist named Oliver Coppell who does a lot of amazing Spider-Man stuff. And um, one, he does his drawings are so they're obviously comic book looking, but almost realistic because he draws like chest hair. He draws. I mean, he's really good at drawing the anatomy and not like the most over-the-top muscles and this one really mm -hmm. is like that like you step into a world of reality with magic emphasis in there and so um and it's dark and it's bloody he's the guy who did the the uh god of war getting torn in half by the century that's his drawing you know what i mean so it's bloody it's intense the opening dude, the very scene, first scene the of opening this book, scene dude the very first scene yeah. you you see these people having sex and yes. you see they're being nice. watched by these like shadowy figures like mm -hmm. on the rooftop of a building across the street. Right. And then the kid in the apartment slowly gets up, goes to the kitchen, grabs a knife, they slowly the walks into the bedroom. They're sleeping now. The parents, I, I, or the adults, I should say. Yeah, they're done. Climbs up on the chest of the dad and just rams the knife under the dad's chin into his brain. And then Kills he yeah. goes to the mom and then and looks goes, at the, the woman who wakes up and goes, shh. <laughs> That's like the first scene. It's like, yeah. welcome, Here we go. welcome to the yeah. magic order. Like, Here we oh go. my God, exactly. dude. Yeah. Holy. There was some brutality so, in this. I mean, I thought that, can we, can we talk about Nudity. womb jumping? Have you guys ever heard of that before or seen that before in a comic? Yeah. Oh, oh, you've yeah, heard of womb jumping. From, yeah. Oh, womb jump. You never heard of womb jumping? No. Is that is that I, like you a never, YouTube you never channel? Jump on wombs? <laughs> no. Bro. I guess it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a play on um <laughs> um on uh um what do you call it? surrogate, <laughs> Being a surrogate yeah un mother. unwilling surrogates is is what womb jumping <laughs> yeah. is the cordelia escape artist always been yeah. an escape artist from the jump yeah jump from one womb to another i couldn't believe that i was like did i really just yeah. read that and then she's like has yeah. four months of labor that she has to go through it's like yeah, and then the lady's just like, "Well, I guess I'm just pregnant." Now. And she's just laying like, there, just, yeah. and then it's like, "Take just, the just carry the baby to term." I'd be so yeah. mad. Oh man, that was yeah. So this is a, a darker Harry Potter, like Zach was saying, or a more hood Harry Potter. I'm not sure which route you're referring I, I, I to. I think it's. I think another way of saying it is Harry Potter meets the boys, meets Umbrella Academy, meets yeah. Fall of House of Usher. It has Fall of House of Usher. It has some. Uh, it has some like magicians vibes to me. The magicians. We did an episode on that, and it's kind of like a young. Yeah ragtag magicians that are a little bit darker and whatnot but uh yeah lay out the the story for for our listeners on this one yeah so there's 
with magic, there's like families or covenants, right? So there, there's no different here. And so there's the, the Moonstone family and they run basically the society of musicians and magicians. And they have, they have these rules and they have these, these way of order. So we kind of, they kind of live among, um, among the normal people, right? So, uh, or it, it's like the mist and, you know, the Percy Jackson or, you know, they just, everything just doesn't, they can't see straight through everything. And so you have this order and they protect the darkest magic. They protect the, you know, the, the sacred, you know, tools or whatever, sacred books, whatever. And what the so, hell was that book? But the Oracle? I, the or I couldn't read the name. Oracle. Like I just, or, or I just and, I don't really think it I think like it's just a s important tome yeah. that lets yeah. people bring people back from the dead probably it has other has things that you can do yeah. too it's a lot of bad spells for the that, sake yeah. of this story it's like it's like the uh it's a book of the dead you know, yeah it's like the Basically, yeah what's that what's that uh Harrison Ford Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones and the and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Temple of Doom. Yeah, like every time it's just like a treasure that everybody wants. Like that's my point. Yeah. It doesn't really yeah. matter what it is. It's just like a thing everybody wants. Right. And the Moonstone um, family is protecting so it, this book. Yes. It's protecting all kinds of things, right? Yeah. They have a special castle and a painting that no one can get to is protected. And it's it's their family of generations of generations have, have done this. And so um, and you've got like, you know, uh, uh, brothers and sisters who are involved and they're trying to protect this because now there's an assassin who is out there. V for Vendetta. People. V for Vendetta. Just murking yeah. people left and right. Yeah. Just Brutally, killing yeah. people. Murking and these magicians too that are all supposed to be like super powerful, powerful yeah. magicians. And basically the story is like this assassin one by one finding a way to like off them. And because this story them, yeah. is like based in like magic world, you know how in Harry Potter, like all these things happen. And I think that like, you're just like, it's magic. And like, that's the explanation. Like, oh, the painting talks, it's magic. Oh, the, you know, Chamber of Secrets showed up. It's magic. I feel like they, they use that mechanic in the story where it's like, oh, fill up the taxi with water, uh, trap this person in a mirror, poof a family out of existence. A new, new family comes. But like, because magic is involved, you never question that. You're just like, damn, crazy-ass magic spell. Which I think works for this book because there's so many creative ways mm -hmm. that they think of to murk these magicians. Yeah. It's so entertaining. Like, it's so brutal, but it's just like, oh my god. Like, there's so much creativity in it that I feel like is really, really, really cool. The, the, yeah, the changing like, spell the, was was my favorite, where, like, yeah, the apartment is just like, hey, is that clock ticking back? Do you see that clock? And then the guy's <laughs> just like, ignoring the wrong him. Color? And then he's like, that carpet's <laughs> normally green. And then all of a sudden he looks at his mom, and his mom's just, like, melting into yeah. the bed. It's like, oh, like, we're, oh, we're fucked. We're going to be not, yeah. we're not going to exist, and people are going to be in our place that thought they were here their whole lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. It's too late now. Cool. Like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a lot of great, great dark uh, exactly. spells. Yeah, and the, it what and there's um and obviously there's like I said there's families that are like crisscrossing and one of the families one of the daughters who was disrespected because she didn't get to be in charge of the book or in charge of the order. She is out for revenge, and I always forget her name because I don't think they say it a lot in the book. Um, Abana, Madam Abana, or something like that. Do they? I. It's one of these. I've been trying to look for her name for the last three minutes, but I, she's I can't the one wearing her, like anyway, the, she's out. 
the yeah gypsy. the the yeah. mask yeah it's like and so she's very exactly and she's very um vindictive and she's going after and she hired this special madam albany albany she had like a fourth their first name too um but anyway so she goes after everybody and With it's kind of like um it also reminded me a little bit of Ocean's 8. There's a little bit of like planning ahead and you being, you know, 12 steps ahead of them. And they Why they Ocean's 8 and not Ocean's 11 or 12? <laughs> Why Ocean's uh, 8? Maybe because there's, a, I don't know. <laughs> Is that the Ocean's, one that rings? And, Ocean's 11. Um, and uh, that just came to, that just popped in my brain. I don't know. That's um, Let live, but man. yeah, I, I'm just curious. Yeah, Sandra Bullock's amazing. Um, no but yeah, there's a shape sister, a shape shifter in there, and she like that's weird stuff with that guy. And um, what what kind anyway, of weird so stuff? Most everybody go got, into detail with the weird stuff she does with the shape shifter. <laughs> she makes herself have sex with herself. Okay. <laughs> Moving on, which is weird. Um, but anyways, yeah, there's a lot of twists and and a lot of twists and turns, and they kind of give you a surprise ending with the villain, which is a really good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it turns out to be a family member who's actually one of their most powerful family members, Gabriel, and he he had an agenda. Mm-hmm. He, he lost his daughter, and he wanted he was doing anything he can to bring his daughter back to life, who had mistakenly killed herself with his wand, and uh, he had been a part of this whole plot. So it, it's it's an it's a you know it's a intense book with a lot of little corpse cordelia who's who seems to be the worst you know person in the family gets drunk a lot she says has sex with the wrong guys you know that that whole energy that whole scene where she's explaining her backstory and how she jumped from womb to womb and she always disappointed her father and she fucks the wrong guys and she had an abortion or whatever and she's all then it cuts and she's at a little kid's birthday party and she's like so yeah that's how i got she's like a magician (laughs) like she's like a magician at a little kid's birthday party i laughed out loud the kids are just like (laughs) mom what's an abortion like i was dying (laughs) at that part i was like okay this this is good so this was such a contrast did you guys read this before Seven to Eternity, or which which order did you I read did, these? Yeah. I, I read I read Magic Order before Seven to Eternity. Yeah, I read Magic I've, I've Order already, after. I, this was like the fourth. And going yeah. from Rick Remender to Mark Miller, and just like the difference in dialogue and the level of humor in this, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is refreshing as hell. Like this is this is different, completely different appreciation. But it was it was really funny and just like casual, and I, I enjoyed. And it. And yeah. kind of hard in in this setting because we are we're all preparing for this episode, so we're whatever order we're reading them in, we're probably reading them in some semblance of back to back, like this one and then the next one. So when you do that, it's just like hard not to compare the two. Right. And maybe that like led me to my position, which was like kind of negative on seven to eternity compared to magic order, because I just, I felt like this world was also crazy and interesting and off the wall. But like, I felt like Mark Miller did a good job of explaining shit. Like, what the aura column was and why the family was there and the villain's purpose. Like, I just felt like I had less questions and the, the world felt more cohesive. So yeah. it moved a lot faster. Um, and, and not in a way where you don't get the information, like it moved with like mm-hmm. high octane, but you got all the pieces that you're looking for to yeah. build the picture. Yeah. So for sure. Um, and then I think, I think that we all saw something coming with Gabriel. He was the one most powerful son of the Moonstone clan or whatever, but he had, I saw something, but I did not guess that he was a Venetian. No, no. I mean, you, he exited out of the family cause his daughter found his wand and killed herself. And so he wanted to not deal with it anymore. Like his wife, was which is sad as shit. Like I felt like it was like, there's like comedy, but there was also like some real moments where you're like, damn, like that's some, yeah. 
I could see why he's like, I'm out. I never want to do this again. Like it was kind of like, um, like a kid finding a gun in like a closet. Mm -hmm. Like his daughter found his wand in the closet and then like had an accident and she died. So he felt like he was at fault. Like he was his fault. And you know, like, how do you get over something like that? So yeah, that's, that was like a very real moment. So he was tortured. Um, and then when everybody's dying one by one and they come for him and his family, he needs to realize he has to join the fight or so you think. And as the battle is going on, this Venetian murks the dad like brutally by drawing this monster out of the depths that only he can see and destroys him. Mm -hmm. Um, the, and then when you, the, the final showdown was just, so this is where the twists start to come. So spoiler alert, but he, Offs his brother Reagan, just headshot with his wand. Boom, heads exploded. Like holy, f- that that was like what just happened. Like I, yeah, I don't I think Harry Potter gasped. <laughs> well, Kanye's writing this, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That was wild. And then it comes down to uh, Madame Albany or whatever, and uh, Gabriel versus Cordelia, who is like the misfit of yeah. the family. But yeah, the one, like the, the one ability there. she has uh, outside of escaping is she breaks all the rules and that's why she was a a disappointment she read the book by breaking the rules she Mm -hmm. read all the dark spells she broke the rule and read all the dark spells all the dark spells to resurrect her entire family and then she's like and you need human sacrifices for the resurrection so she's like i got some people in mind and just murks everyone around her starts murking them yeah and that was a that was an awesome twist that was sick yeah that was was sick that was great i didn't i didn't i I, this is like the third time or the second time i read it and i totally forgot that she did that did that like totally mm-hmm. like just 180 everybody mm-hmm. and because you think totally... like she's fucked right like she can't beat well, yeah, I, I and... but you know she's real, not like... you know she's not somehow deep down but you just don't know how how are you gonna because she's the yeah. escape artist like how are you gonna get out of this one yeah. cordelia yeah 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 and she fucking finds a way yeah, she even time traveled right it's like she was able to yeah. even time travel and go back and see her great grandpa but yeah uh, you knew there was something special about her but you're like how how what like that was such a surprise right to me so that's that was pretty dope to me that was a great surprise and then the battles ensue and gabriel's obviously super powerful and they're not gonna be able to stop him and he has to sacrifice she convinces him to sacrifice himself as the resurrection for his daughter as like a you know kind of way to solve the entire problem which was i think was also really well done and i think that the one sleeper yeah that was kind of a scene where it was like another moment where i was kind of felt yeah. like something like I was like, damn, it was like legit emotion that like in this chaos and this, you know, uh, darkness, he pulls out these moments where the dad's like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to sacrifice myself. And there's like dialogue. That's like pretty moving. It's like, you know, tell my wife, I'm sorry. And, you know, mm-hmm. tell, tell my daughter, I loved her so much. And like, he's been like thinking it's his fault anyway, this whole time. So ultimately he's like, I'm just going to lay my life down to bring my daughter back. And I was just like, it's not easy to do like to, change the tone so drastically like that as a writer like i feel like there's like there's like comedy and then there's like darkness and there's gore and there's like action and then to pull like these like small intimate pretty moving moments all together like that fast i think is fucking amazing i agree and and i do think that uh they they kind of hint and sleep on the uncle that's trapped in the castle. He can't leave. He's not allowed to yeah. leave. I think he's a coward. And then he shows his power. He's like, you want to know why there's only half the stars out there now and why millions of people were killed in this country? It's like, 
that's because I used my power. So he, yeah, he, he, it was that, kind of like a Rorschach moment, right? Yeah. When he was in prison. Where he says that same line where he's like, "I'm not here to be protected from the outside. That I'm here to protect." The outside protects from me. Yeah. From me. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Love that comp- comparison. Yeah. Um, biggest problem, huge problem to me with this story. Would Gabriel really murder every single member of his family to bring back his daughter instead of just doing what Cordelia did and breaking in and reading the spell to resurrect? Like, I, I, I feel like if Cordelia did it, Gabriel absolutely could have done it. And that's a path that I feel like he should have taken as opposed to murdering everyone. Like I just, that, that was really hard for me to grasp how simple it was for him. Like, I'm going to save my daughter. I'm going to kill. I'll kill you a hundred times over. He says, I'll kill my family members a hundred times over to save my daughter. I get the love from a father to a daughter, but murdering your father and your brother and your sister and everything else just to do. Yeah. Like and there's a spell that, you know, We'll get the resurrection, but instead you're going to murder your entire family so this girl can get the book and give you the spell. When you're the most powerful fucking, obviously, magician in the in the world. And also, don't you know your sister? Right. Like, is there not, ne- there's never a conversation where you talk to her and you're like, have you read it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, there's just, there's just a huge hole there that I couldn't get around. Because even if the dad is like staunch in his opinions, like, you, we can't do this, like, you're not going to like explore a workaround before mm-hmm. you off your entire family. Mm-hmm. So that was, that I, was, I, I, I see that. That was that, really uh, hard for point. me to, uh, to digest. Like, like when I saw it, it was him and he's just murdering his people. And he said, I'll do it a hundred times over to get my daughter back. Like I get the passion, but there's gotta be a better way. And there was clearly. So that, that was my only real critique of this, um, this whole story. I didn't even think about that until just now, but now that you bring it up, I see what you're saying. Um, so I'll, I'll go into my rating. I still gave it an eight. Like I really enjoyed it, but I think it could have been a nine, 9.5 just because it was fun. It was quick. It was, we only read six issues. Um, I'm not sure if that's the entire story. How many issues are in this? No, they're on, they go by like book numbers. So they're on book four and each book has six issues. Okay. So, so there's a lot more of this. This is something that I would keep reading. I think I'm going to keep reading this because I actually, this is a great, I have, this was like uh, really good. I think Gabriel comes back to life. Maybe I don't know. That was different in the second. Yeah, yeah. of course he does. does. It's magic. (laughs) I think this is all coming from Zach's uh, unfortunate dive into the the world of Magic: The Gathering. He's so bitter about magic right now. Like everything, it's just magic. It's just magic because he's frustrated. He has to buy all these cards to compete with Sill. I know. So, it's, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks you're playing card I, games. I didn't, I, I didn't want to be this person, but now here I am. <laughs> All right. Uh, Zach, what's your rating? So I um, rated this and put my notes down before we had this conversation, obviously, so I'm going to stick with that. But I, I do think you bring up a good point, which probably would have bumped me down. But um, I liked this a lot. I did not see that plot hole. Um, and, yeah, I... I I, I loved it actually. I loved it, so I, I gave it a nine. I thought it was hilarious, gory. I was interested. There was plot twist. I loved the characters, Madame Albany, uh, the the shapeshifter guy. Like I just thought everything about this was like super interesting, and I definitely would keep reading it. Also, fun fact: this is uh, officially Netflix's first comic book series that yeah, they, they own. It. Yeah. Really, yeah, this is a Netflix published comic series. So like, they basically have this like pipeline now where. Mark Miller can like work on his stuff, publish his stuff under this Netflix banner. Netflix already owns the rights to it. Netflix can just go ahead and make this a show. 
So he's almost like writing the comics to be a show on Netflix. This would be a great show. Which was good for Legacy was one of them that they made already. They haven't made this, so they're kind of probably holding this. Yeah, they're sitting on it, but they they own it, and they can. And I just feel like as I'm reading this, I'm like, bro, this would be such a banger of a Netflix original series. Like, oh, my God, this would be fantastic. So, yeah, just a little fun fact out there. Um, yeah, I have a 9.2, obviously I'm pretty, I've had this book for years, so it's just one of the books I've, I've enjoyed reading and collecting in, as a single issues. And, um, I'm, I'm behind on reading that as well, but I, I'm, I've got it out cause re rereading this kind of got that, that mojo going. So, um, but it's just, it's always put together when you get a great artist and you get a great writer it, it's just it's the comics it's really hard to beat and so i think mm-hmm. i think they've done that at well, well with these guys so yeah i'm a 9.2 all right so that puts us at an 8.7 and goodreads has this ranked at a 3.94 which out of five ranges ranges out to about a 7.9 so nice. we're a little high mm. on it um, I will say I was an eight, so no big deal. But I, uh, <laughs> I think that it's a very enjoyable comic. I do hope they make it a series, and if they do, I hope they kind of fix that little plot hole that, that I just couldn't get over. So, um, with that being said, Jr., what do you got for uh, for stock talk today? Yeah, so we were talking about Daredevil. They've got a, a new show coming out. Uh, sounds like it's going to be look like, or it looks like it's going to be called uh, Born Again, Daredevil Born Again, and so they're going to have some new villains, some new characters. Um, and this is where you can buy cheap. You can buy first appearances cheap because you've got new shows and they're going to come out with new, these like really side villains, kind of like Echo did a little bit, um, but a little bit cheaper because she's, it won't be such a mainstream. Uh, so Daredevil 126, first appearance of second torpedo. And it's only 20 or $20 right now. So that's like a good, you know, uh, a good little buy. Um, first appearance of Muse, a uh, serial killer who, um, whose victims are used as his art, which is I love that part. Um, that's like a twenty dollar thing. That, that is cool. uh, mm-hmm. that is a like a new volume of Daredevil that came out in twenty sixteen. So that was Daredevil eleven. Um, and so these are kind of cheap books, which are really cool. Uh, obviously, uh, first battle of Daredevil. That was one I wrote down with Punisher. Uh, that's a cheap book. It's like about forty bucks. And then I think I wanted to kind of highlight a really, really high, expensive book. And right now, it's high as in like it's high for what it is, but not high dollar amount for some people. And they came out with an Ultimate Spider-Man number one this year. I totally missed out on the book, but it's uh, they they're bringing back the Ultimate Universe. And so this was that first issue, and it literally is at sixty bucks. And you can't get it anywhere without paying sixty bucks for this issue. There's no first appearance in it. It's literally that that Peter Parker from that world is back in the Ultimate Universe, and he asks Miles Morales if he wants to go back, and Miles says no. I'm I'm happy with six one six world, which is the mm-hmm. uh, original Spider-Man world. So that book, if you can find that book, give me a call because I'll buy it. <laughs> not for sixty bucks. I uh, I did have it. Jim had it. Or Doug had it in my box, but a customer. Our customers tend to be a little whiny when they don't get books, and so he pulled it out of my box. And wow! Because I'm not as whiny. Shooting down the clientele. Not as whiny about it. 
Wow, yeah. yeah. Bold choice. Somebody, somebody went shopping in your box, dog. Yeah, he does that a little bit more because I don't buy him as much as I used to. In fact, I'm going to try and sell 90% of my books here soon. But um, Start a college fund? It's a uh, uh, college fund or more shit to buy. <laughs> <laughs> Different stuff to buy. I don't know. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's my stock talk today and pretty simple. So you think that uh, Ultimate Spider-Man is $60 now if you can find it? You think it's going to just skyrocket in value as time goes on? I think if you have it right now, sell it right now. I think it'll come down. Oh, okay. But it's 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 so quick that it they did this with um, the first appearance of Spider-Boy as well where it came out so fast like it like within that first 30 to 60 days it was like 60 bucks. It it's dropped down to 30 right now. Um and so it's Spider Boy or it's just how Ultimate Spider Man. Spy, Spider Boy. Nope, it's called Sp- so that's a, a that's the one that's dropped spider- down to thirty. Yeah, that's the one that's dropped gotcha. down. So a lot of times it's very trendy industry. So it, particularly because it's pushed by comic book stores, and comic book stores are trying to make as much money as they can because it's been a low. So they'll push these books out as much and promote them, and it makes them hot. So they mm-hmm. become these big time books. Sometimes it's sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. There's actually a Venom Boy comic, a uh, first character appearance, and he did not do so well. But Spider Boy came out. Sounds like and, a rapper name. Yep, Venom, Venom Boy. Boy. And then, Venom Boy. So yeah, it's just it's just one of these things that kind of makes the ick factor to the industries. It's like you kind of get these books, you know, like you want the book, I want the A cover, but I can't. I'm not paying sixty bucks because these companies, these comic book stores are pushing, you know. So it's the game, baby. Um, it's like, business. It is just doing business, business out yep. here. Yep. Um. All right, excellent. We'll uh, go invest in those comics uh, if you want to flip a buck. And before we close out, I have a proposal for you two. So hmm. we talked about it briefly. Lilac Con is coming to Spokane June 1st. I think we should get together. We're we having a business meeting on the pod right now? I think we should get together <laughs> for an episode. You guys are more than welcome to come. However, the room that you're seeing behind me is my only real fully fledged out guest room. So I would love you to bring your families. (laughs) And I think it'd be fun to do a little bet. And whoever wins the bet gets the room. And whoever loses the bet either sleeps on the couch or gets a hotel if they want to bring their family. And my thought would be, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Like a a bet right now? Yeah. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Fucker. JR, did you want the Ravens? I well, I'm I'm rooting for the Ravens because Lamar deserves it, but I'm I'm, I'm yeah, gonna take the I'm Lions. Gonna, I'm gonna You're take gonna take the, the Lions, Lions. not the, the Niners. Lions. Okay, not the Niners. Okay, well, those are the two teams Damn. I would love to see in the Super Bowl. I don't think that's gonna happen, but you think it's gonna be Chiefs uh, Niners? No, I think the Ravens will beat the Chiefs. I don't. I just I can't see that offense doing anything with, with Pushing the Ravens that right now. But I don't think that the, the Lions are gonna beat the Niners. I hope they do. So. If the yeah, Ravens if the Ravens win the Super Bowl and you guys come over for Lilac Con, Zach gets the room. And if the Lions win the Super Bowl, obviously JR gets the room. But if they both lose for this NFC AFC championship round, we'll figure something else out. But whoever gets the furthest. What yeah, a team gets the furthest, I feel yeah, like, would also yeah. be we'll a, win. a tie break. So there we have right. it. Um, you guys, it's I, locked. It's I, on the air. I would love you guys to come out. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, and when is Lilacon? It's June first. Okay. So put it in your it's calendars probably, now. It'll probably be more entertaining than Emerald City because it's probably it's not as big. And I don't know, man. Did you see Lord of the I Rings? I know you saw the Lord of the Rings. I know. And there's and there's that actress from Love Actually. 
Oh, oh God, that's what that's you right. really only care about. Well, Lilac <laughs> Khan has has the heavy gunner from uh, the Mandalorian. He'll be here. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, okay. So oh, we God, have that, that going great. for us. Um, but uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you know, like and subscribe. Uh, give a five star review with a comment, and we will give you a shout out on our next episode. Um, until next time. Signing off. <laughs>